0: Episode 26, an in-theater sequel chat movie review of Suicide Squad. Warning, Sequel Chat is a movie lover's podcast featuring discussions of the latest cinematic sequels in theaters now. These weekend of release reviews are spoiler filled and highly flammable. So please use caution when listening. You have been warned. Sequel Questers, welcome back to this edition of A Sequel Chat. We are covering this week the latest DC installment, Suicide Squad. No reaction. <laughs> no reaction from the peanut I gallery. I don't want to
1: give away my review yet. That's not fair. <laughs> I don't know. We, we got we to keep it cool, keep it chill.
2: Or did you? Ooh. I'm not going to let you play with my toys.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: We've got Jeremy here. We've got... Adam. Hello, I'm Adam. And we also have Colton. Hi, I missed you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be shy. All right, let's just jump into it. What was your mindsets going into this?
1: So, yeah, going in, what, what was the thought? Now, I I was a little uh, confused by the the original trailer that they released, like they threw it out there as something that was like super serious. This is a hardcore villains and they're, and they're, they're dangerous, psychotic people. And it just, it was such a, you know, it had like that song, you know, I, I told the joke, the B G song. Yeah. I, I told the joke, started the world crying or whatever, laughing, and then so it was just strange. It was so like you know dissonant and, and odd. And then the next two trailers, they're like spruce it up. It's like oh, it's fun, it's wild colors. Okay, it's you want to know why?
0: Yeah, I, I've got a little little digging into this. Um, the first trailer was put out by Warner Brothers mm-hmm. after the very lukewarm reception to it, they put it out to an outside company to make a trailer called Trailer Park. That's the company that did those more recent trailers. Mm -hmm. It went a step further because everybody saw the great reaction that those trailers were getting. Not only did they have them do just the trailers, there's also a Trailer Park cut of the movie. Wow. So they also have the David Ayer. I think it was David Ayer, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, the, yeah the, director. the director. Yep. You have his cut, which he says is his cut in theaters. And then DC and Warner Brothers were also doing a second cut of the movie, parallel A and B testing
1: with audiences. They didn't know really where it was going at this point. They're like, okay, it could it could be anything. You know, do we want it more humorous? Or do we want it more serious? Right, and that's yeah. that's
2: intent. I knew there was more than one version. I just didn't know they oh. were being simultaneously yeah. tested. Yeah. That's yeah. a big deal.
1: But I mean, but we, and, you know, to Jeremy's question, were you guys excited to see it? Is it something like any of the trailers? Did they get you to a point where you were like, yes, I must see this? Like, or was it just, I'm going to see it because it's the next superhero movie and I want to have an opinion?
2: <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I have to say I was excited because, uh, 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 forgive me, but I was introduced to Suicide Squad, the concept, uh, through the last season of Smallville. Uh, no. they, they showed up on the show, yes. and they were as wild as the CW would allow them to be at that time. And I just couldn't help but be curious how they would be portrayed on the big screen. Okay, you know, with world class actors like Will Smith, Margot Robbie, etc. And I saw this half hour special on the CW. I think it was last in January, I want to mm. say. I'm with not Kevin positive. Sp- oh, with Kevin Spacey, yes, yes, that um, one. Yes, they debuted the trailer, and that was an awesome trailer, you know, with uh, yeah. <laughs> the Queen Bohemian Rhapsody and all that stuff. Was that the Trailer Park trailer? Yes. Okay, yes. Yeah, so That was yeah. the first one. Exactly, yes. That did, it did its job. It hyped me up. Mm-hmm. It got me excited. Uh, there's a small, cynical part of me that's like, oh, a bunch of uh, outlaw misfits who are ganging up together to be a big, huge, unknown splinter of the comic book universe, you know,
0: paging Guardians of the Galaxy. And and even the same release date as Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, they were trying. I mean, that's the whole thing, is they are trying to have a success Mm -hmm. like Guardians...
2: And I think they're going to get that because the box office numbers came out this morning. Yes well, and in, no. In, in, yeah. Well, so <laughs> so
1: they had the biggest opening of August ever, 135 million for an 40 opening million weekend. more
2: than Guardians had. Yeah.
1: So so I mean they they won in that regard, and it's actually the second largest opening I believe of the summer. I think Civil War obviously beat uh, yeah. them out by a mm-hmm. lot. But but it's still, it still was a huge opening. They were not. But expecting. they the had
0: now there was also a negative side to this. Mm-hmm. They won and lost the weekend. How's that? because they had it was like an 8 million dollar opening on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Friday they had a huge opening and so they all adjusted their their estimates for the numbers. They were like, "Oh, we're going to hit 150." And Saturday they had a 40% drop.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Most other movies are having 10 and 20% drops between Friday and Saturday night. Hmm. Like Civil War had an 18% drop.
1: Wow, but 40, 40 is big. Right. And most yeah. people
0: uh, suspected it would have a second weekend drop Mm -hmm. of around there, but not a second night drop. Yeah.
1: Well, that, 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 that goes into play with, okay. So were you excited? I, I was excited just based on, again, a lot of unknown characters, but the guy, the idea of bad guys being put into the role of heroes, that is an exciting concept. It's not new, the Dirty Dozen, you know, well, yeah, did it I mean, years obviously. and years ago, decades ago. And the, the concept of the comic itself, that was written in, in the 80s. I mean, uh, John Ostrander came up with this concept of the Suicide Squad Task Force X, you know, and all of that. And so they took kind of a lot of their B-level villains and put them together and sent them on missions. And a lot of them died in the comic, so that was part of the deal. And then I, I will just say I'm more familiar with this type of concept through Marvel cuz I'm just a Marvel guy in in the comic reading world and they took the they stole they obviously stole it but you know, uh, Suicide Squad stole it first from Dirty Dozen, but mm-hmm. they created it in a comic book called Thunderbolts. Yes, they yes. now had villains that were out supposed to, you know, go capture. This is during the time of the Civil War comics. Correct. So they were sent out to capture those that were not registering and breaking the law by operating as superheroes. But that was the twist they gave to that is eventually those villains started posing as the actual superheroes and they became the Dark Avengers. So now they yeah. were imitation Spider-Man. Imitation, you know, like they did that, yeah. But thing. that's
0: like Norman Osborne, yeah, lead,
1: Iron Patriot, and all yeah, that, yeah. So, there's a lot of comic book stuff. But when I saw this, I said, Wow, this is gonna be interesting, this is gonna be fun. And then, what I heard immediately, uh, I, I really tried to say spoiler free the only thing I watched were the first and second trailers, and that was it. I didn't look into anything else. And then, I just started hearing this buzz around, Oh, critics hate this movie, it's not doing well. I was like, Really? I don't know what to think, and I saw it on Thursday night, six o'clock show. I just had to get in there. It was my niece's uh, seventeenth birthday. That's what she wanted to do. I got her a a real creepy uh, Joker shirt. Got her a poster (laughs) with all like the multicolored like logo faces, you know, and all this stuff. And uh, and I'll just say, here's the teenagers' Mm -hmm. review. She loved it she thought it was awesome and she's like from the opening song which was uh you know uh House of the Rising Sun she's like that's that's actually my ringtone it's my favorite song ever i knew it was meant for me on my birthday <laughs> so she was psyched but uh but yeah but i the hearing the bad reviews is what surprised me i was like really so quickly like people are are down on it
0: yeah and they've come out and said very blatantly we didn't make this for critics we made this for the fans mm-hmm. and so the fan reaction is More on the positive side than on the negative.
1: Now, uh, I I saw it Thursday, so I saw it preview night, technically. But Colton actually got to see it before any of us. Tell us a little bit about your experience,
2: Colton. Uh, Yeah, I don't mean to brag. I got invited to an early press screening uh, last Monday night. Uh, Lots of energy there. Did
0: anybody show up at it? Uh, Nobody...
2: Famous, okay. so that's okay. but okay. lots of really uh, professional cosplayers who, I mean, they got all the details down. Yeah. There were several Harley Quinns that looked just like Margot Robbie and several Jokers that looked just like Jared Leto. I mean, wow. they really pulled it off. They were, you know, posing for pictures and stuff. and hmm uh, lots of high energy in the atmosphere yeah we didn't even have to sit through any previews or commercials or anything you we just went straight to the jump
1: right in okay mm-hmm. so but that's good to hear that there was kind of a buzz and an excitement because mine too mm-hmm. i saw an imax 3d screaming and it, and there was again there was a harley quinn there she was totally decked out head to toe just added to the atmosphere and lots of t-shirts you and, know, and something
2: t- else that impressed me there was a lady who she looked like she was about in her 60s she was there by herself and
1: I was just surprised. It was, it was drawing out all kinds <laughs> of demographics. Okay. And, and I
2: actually spoke with her, and she's just like, I came because I wanted to see Batman. Batman, I heard he's going to be in this movie. I wow. came here for Batman. <laughs> I'm just like, that is so cool. Hey,
1: Jeremy, what was your theater experience with this one?
0: Well, I ended up in the second row from the screen. <laughs> uh, you and were we in went, the movie. We went How's late. How's your neck? Late Friday
1: night. Oh, my neck is fine. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but, uh, but how about how was your audience? Because you said it was second from the front, so it was full, obviously. Yeah, it was but... definitely
0: full. I don't really remember any real fan reaction. Mm. I mean, I, I was so absorbed with what's going on that all the sound and everything that I wasn't paying attention to anything going on behind me.
1: Really. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, I... I don't know, I I feel like the people that were there were probably there because they were excited. I feel like there are very few people that were there just to be curious, like, oh, I might stop in to see this Suicide Squad movie. I'd be like, especially at an opening weekend, they must have had some investment in it. Um, So I, I guess... Let's just get right into it because this film itself is very fast moving, and it it just mm-hmm. like Colton said with his experience, they just start the movie. The movie literally starts. You're not like waiting for anything, right?
0: And it's mm-hmm. it's jumping across timeline, yeah, just flashbacks and current day and.
1: Just Speaking of which, spoiler alert, for anybody who's listening to this and has not seen the film, we're going to be going really in-depth in here, so we just mm-hmm. we should say that up top, in case you're not used to the sequel chat format. I mean,
0: the Flash was in it, so we will be flashing back and forth into spoiler territory. <laughs>
1: uh, uh.
0: I see what you did there.
1: <laughs> so, uh, I, so what I, I was going to say, when you are talking about like all the, the back and forth, the flashbacks, that is one of the things I really appreciate about this film, is almost every character... Got a flashback story, like you really got to know a little bit about their origin, and they gave it to you. Now, primarily, it is a Will Smith Deadshot, Margot Robbie Harley Quinn film. Those are like the A and B stories that are going on. Yes, Uh, that a C story with Rick Flag and Chantress, which we'll get to. But yeah, uh, but like that, that I think that was one of my one of my favorite moments was the Deadshot flashback. Because that's where you get your Batman cameo, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. So, so just you know, one I'll, of them. Yeah. yeah. So, so obviously the premise of this is they're all prisoners, right? They're all super villains or just really bad villains, uh, psychotic villains that are put into the special uh, prison in Louisiana, Belle Reve. Belle Reve. And uh, in
2: Smallville, they called it Belle Reve. <laughs> I,
1: don't, I, I don't know why, but different. Well, regional. it's
0: Louisiana, so there's yeah. a little bit of French influence there. Mm-hmm. Cajun.
1: But, yeah. <laughs> but we see Deadshot Will Smith's just like hardcore, you know, in his cell, just staying in shape, doing his boxing, doing what he has to do. And and basically like when we go to his flashback, we find out number one, he is a father. Okay. Yes. So yeah, so they he leaned he hard into the but, leaned yeah. hard into the
2: family that had yeah. me worried because I was afraid they were going to pull a Sandman from Spider Man Three. Uh, oh,
1: I'm only a criminal, so I can take care of my sick daughter. But they didn't <laughs> go that far. Yeah, so. he's just a criminal because he's a criminal. But and, well, and for that, I'm grateful. Well, it was uh, well, it was interesting because you know he's talking to his daughter and he's like, "Look, is your mom still going out at night, whatever that means?" But like leaving her alone, she's like, "I can take care of myself now." He's like, "That's not the way it's supposed to work. She's supposed to take care of you. I want you to come live with me." And then she says, Mom says, I can't live with you because you kill people. And then he tries to lie to her. That's not true. That's not true. I know you do bad things, but I still love you. You know, which is sappy, but I bought into it. You know, I was like, okay, you know, this is a little girl loves her dad no matter what. And she'll mm-hmm. accept it. And then right after that moment, go down an alley, Batman's there. <laughs> it's over, Deadshot. Deadshot.
2: You know, that's one of the things I loved about this film. Is that, yeah, is that... an
0: anonymous tip from Amanda
2: Waller. <laughs> yes, that is the most... By the way, that's the most menacing Amanda Waller I've ever seen portrayed in any media. It just... It shames the one from Green Lantern, especially. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, that scene with Batman just highlights one of the incredible things that David Ayer pulled off with this movie. He made it so that even though Batman's in this movie, it's not his movie, Yeah. he is like a boogeyman to these people. Exactly. To to these criminals. And Mm -hmm. that that was just such a fascinating angle to watch.
0: Right. And there was was an unconfirmed list of deleted scenes Mm -hmm. that's surfaced on Reddit recently. Mm -hmm. And in reading through it, a lot of them are true i I've, yeah. I've seen the behind the scenes footage of fans and people that were there on sets mm-hmm. and some of even the released f- photos where harley in her normal wear before she's crazy uh-huh. has the joker at gunpoint interesting and okay. and that was one of the scenes that i was like i want to know what's going yeah. on here <laughs>
2: there's a lot of stuff in the trailers that did not make it into the final movie
0: Yeah, and, it sounds like they had a lot lot mm-hmm. to work
1: with definitely yeah
0: and, and a lot of it was redeveloping some of the characters. I know they redeveloped the Joker's character definitely from what they originally planned. Um, at least in the portrayal. Not the portrayal, but the presentation. What we saw was different than what they originally
1: envisioned. Interesting. Okay, so, so this is what I'd be interested to know. Because you if you look at the trailers, it leads you to believe... I mean, the third trailer, I think, reveals a little bit more. But it leads you to believe that the Joker is the main bad guy. And that's what's really strange. You think it's like a Joker-Harley Quinn story, which is it, it is it is a thread that runs throughout this film. But that's what I thought was so interesting, is that the Joker is... He's got a mission and that's to get his girlfriend out of jail and get and get her back into his arms. He's just a love-struck guy who's obsessed with his with his lady love and he's mm-hmm. after her. He's almost like he's almost heroic in that way, which is so strange. Like he's a murdering yeah. psychopath, but he's that's his only mission. Not, you're not trying to steal anything, he's not trying to blow up the world, not trying to kill anybody unless they get in his way, in between him and Harley. And I just I found that so strange because the real story, right, is that they're we'll just get into it real quick. It's to me, it is there to move the plot along, but it is so uninteresting. There is an ancient god who, or goddess to start yes. with, who is there and she kind of is deciding that she wants to basically take over the world again. You know, she's, she's, She's possessed the body of this this uh, doctor named June Moon, and she can tra- transform into the Enchantress by the saying "Enchantress." Tran- the, tra- the transition was so effectively very cool. Creepy. The first one, yeah, the first very time good. they show it, the, this black hand just reaches appears out from under, un- from under the other yeah. hand of the June Moon and character. There's a handhold, and then it's the Enchantress yeah. that's standing there, which was amazing. That that yes. was such a great concept. Uh, but then that that is eventually that goddess awakens her brother's spirit, who is also this godlike character. And again, their whole goal is they say the you know, the humans once worshipped us, now they worship machines, and we're gonna build a machine that'll get the world back for us. It's really like just kind of like, okay, you're just trying to take over the world. we got it. And, and Amanda Waller's controlling
2: yeah. her. Using the dead man's chest concept, I like to call it, from Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Yeah.
1: So she's got the heart at the Enchantress yeah. that she keeps in a briefcase and stabs it every time the Enchantress tries to do her own thing. Um, so that's the real story, is that Amanda Waller, who Viola Davis is playing Amanda Waller, who works for the government in some capacity. She's got some authority. Well, Argus... Okay, tell I mean, tell, believe... tell us a little bit about because I don't feel like it was very well explained. You just know, okay, she has influence with military leaders. That's all you know going. Yeah, on.
0: Argus is more or less the the shield version okay. in DC. Got so I mean, they're an on the books military and special ops and all sorts of these. Uh, very extraneous things like metahumans and they study those or they combat them.
1: And so, okay, so that makes sense. And so her, obviously national security is her thing. So she's, she said, she's proposing to the government, Mm -hmm. look, we'll get all these bad guys and essentially if, they don't save the day or something goes wrong and then we could blame it on them so it's win win you know it's like they either save the day for us or we don't you know we we're not uh, at fault in any way right. which which is her her plan now you're going back to Colton's comment that she's like the most sinister the most you know intense Amanda Waller we've seen she's definitely portrayed as the bad guy like the villains the oh teen, she's one of the, the villains suicide squad or our hero and she's a villain but is she really that's the thing i i kept expecting her to like have wanted the enchantress to get away like that would be revealed like that she wanted you know the enchantress to take over and cause this world anything so she could do something but ultimately she's just like no I believed in the Suicide Squad, and I'm hardcore. I'll kill people that you know, don't need to you know have too much information, or you know the Suicide Squad, I'm willing to kill any member there. But it's just like, is she really evil? Or is she just taking extreme measures? What do you, what'd you guys think?
2: Uh, I know it's going to seem like a cop-out, but ever since IGN put Amanda Waller on the list of their best villains of all time, I've always kind of just considered her as a villain. Her just cavalierly shooting people in the head to cover up simple secrets that, you know, just Have him sign an NDA, no big deal. <laughs> I was like,
1: Yeah, she's a bad guy. Okay, she, she's like Nick Fury on steroids, she, she just has a, a different she's ideology. She's dark
0: Nick Fury, okay, and we don't mean that in any other way uh, other than just her mean spirited, gung ho attitude is anything I can do to make something happen, I'll do it, mm-hmm. whether that's for the good or bad. It's for God and country kind of thing. Yeah, and
1: what mm-hmm. we find out is when the team is deployed for the first time to go supposedly save this group of people that's locked in, a, in an office building hiding from the minions, these uh, assimilated people that the the enchantress and her brother have. Taken people and turned them into these weird. Oh, I don't on, know, black tar. On, on, online head.
2: people are comparing yeah. them to the putties from Power Rangers, so they're <laughs> yeah. just calling them putties. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, and, and granted, had they gone an R-rated route with this movie, mm-hmm. they could have left them as human and actually killed them. Right, I mean, but you, you have to have faceless why, clones to yeah. destroy, yeah. just
1: like the Chitari and the Avengers. No or blood, whatever. no gore yeah. is essentially what they. So, because like their heads are essentially made of rock, and whenever a member of the Suicide Squad. Like there's a lot of decapitations or a lot of head bashing that happens with them. Shots to the head. Yeah, shots to the head. But they just break apart in like little shards of rock. Is basically what happens with these uh, these uh, creatures, these minions. But so, but yeah. But it's revealed that Amanda Waller just called in the squad to save herself. She's like, I was the one that was trapped, and they're not happy about it because they know she holds the strings. You know, she's mm-hmm. the she's the puppet master and all this. But let's break down the squad here because that's basically the story. You know, Squad Squad's assembled. They gotta stop the evil world-ending bad guys as per usual. But that's not what we're in this for. We're in it for the characters and watching them behave badly and essentially yeah, be rebellious mainly, mainly cool. for
0: the fact that dc hasn't been very good or faithful to classic characters mm-hmm. so it was going to be interesting what they did with some of the more outlier characters well mm-hmm. and again and fan favorites it, yeah obviously but very
1: smart on their part because most people did not have an opinion I, I think there's one person on this team that anybody cares about and that's harley quinn but everybody else like it's kind of like yes you might have seen them in the the DC animated shows or whatever. You know, Deadshots had lots of appearances, mm-hmm. but is anybody's favorite villain or favorite character probably. Well, I not. mean,
0: you've had no like definitive Deadshot. Exactly. Arrow did, mm-hmm. but then they had to kill him off because Will Smith is Deadshot. <laughs> or Deadshot is Will Smith in Deadshot clothing.
1: Well, let's talk about it. So, what <laughs> it, what did you think about Will Smith of this movie? How did you feel about his performance?
2: I couldn't help but notice that uh, his classic mask was worn very, very seldom. <laughs> so Will Smith could make sure his mug got plenty of screen time. It's always the case, right? Yeah. I was worried when they first announced his casting because Will Smith. Uh, don't get me wrong; it's he's been a gr- rocky lately. Yeah. He's, he's had a—he's a great world-class actor, but there have been stories about salary demands, other special considerations that he wants. He lost out on the part in Django Unchained because he thought that Christoph Waltz was given too much to do that should have been have Django be allowed to do, you know what I mean? I was afraid there might be a bit of an ego there and suddenly it wouldn't be Suicide Squad, it would be Deadshot and his pals, which I didn't want. Even though, you know, he's one of the main, main characters, I don't feel that he... Overly absorbed the film like I feared that he would. I oh. felt that there was a good balance there. I think after some of the recent box office failures, After Earth, <laughs> Will Smith's ego has been tempered a little bit, and for that, I appreciate well, his humility. Well, I'd also
0: let, let's just roll through some of those bad Will Smith movies. Of yeah. late. I mean, After Earth is the big one that I I still
1: well. Hate. It, 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 the the, the honest
0: is, trailer quit halfway through. I yeah, just hated right. it so much.
1: And Older, but I Am Legend, same thing. To me. When he gets to these action roles, if it's not bad boys and it's not men in black, he loses all emotion. And it's like, I being a serious dramatic actor now, I'm no fun. I have no, uh, you know, there's just no energy coming off me at all.
0: Well, okay. So there was... Pursuit of happiness. That was a good one Mm -hmm. where he did a serious role that worked. Mm -hmm. Everything else is very shaky. It's up and down. And then you have like Hancock Mm -hmm. was a very superhero movie. Yeah. The first
2: half was perfect. The second half I felt just fell apart.
1: Well I don't know. I watched it again last night, actually. I I actually (laughs) watched it recently too. And I was just like, "Eh, this doesn't work at all. But but it's just like, but that's what I thought was so interesting is Will Smith. In Hancock is basically like a precursor to Will Smith as Deadshot, but he just does it so much better here. It's kind of like the, you know, the the hard experience. Yeah, that's got to be it.
0: And essentially, what I've seen with Will Smith is in roles where he can be Will Smith, he excels, the box office loves him, and they're successful movies. But when he tries to play a role that's not Will Smith, like After Earth, <laughs> um, very funny. What's
1: so his real funny. name, guys? Yeah, go yeah,
0: on. yeah. No, it doesn't work. Yeah, because we go to see Will Smith. We grew up with Will Smith. Like yeah. Fresh Prince was mm-hmm. Will Smith. That wasn't that wasn't a character. That was Will Smith. So I mean, this fit in the evolution of the Will Smith verse of characters, really.
1: Yeah, and let's be honest, I mean, he does get a uh, screen time-wise. He gets the most screen time, he gets the best lines. So he did win in that way, but I think he deserves it in this cuz I really feel like he is he is giving it to this role. Where you're mm. you're totally engaged with him and you can tell he's into it and you know the thing I learned that I did not know why he didn't come back for Independence Day resurgence is because <laughs> he chose to do Suicide Squad instead and obviously he made the right choice like he was and he's excited about it. Well, that depends. That
2: he's on the record saying he wanted an enormous salary, he wanted a role for Jaden, uh-huh. he wanted all these perks, and the it's been twenty years. 20th Century Fox wasn't sure this was going to be that big of a hit to offset that cost. Sure, so okay, that's why they let him.
1: So do. There's that.
0: Well, too. I mean. Granted, had he done that, had that movie been done a couple years ago, it would have allowed him to do both. It mm. probably would have been a different world because you would have had Will Smith back in Independence Day doing his thing. Sure, it would have been a huge, yeah, huge success. Granted, being. we'd have had to have suffered through Jaden Smith, but you know.
1: <laughs> but like I say, I'm excited that he chose this project, and I, I especially. Loved his whole scene where he is uh it's again it's the flashback showing how he handles an assassination. Deadshot is an assassin, world's best assassin, never misses. Oh, that negotiation. He's <laughs> yeah, he's just on the phone talking to this guy, and he's like, I don't see anybody in my bank account yet. You know, I've seen a bunch of zeros, and he's got this whole like ricochet thing yes. set up to to get a guy just at the last absolute last second. Yeah. He asked for another million because the guy took so long paying him. Like it's that there's humor there and there's awesome action and a it's just, it's just a great mix. That's why I feel like the whole film manages. They showed us all the funny stuff in the trailers, really, but there's a few extra things here and there just with character interactions that gives you a smirk, gives you a smile, and you're like, okay, these guys are cool, and they're fun. Now, the other thing that I find interesting about this, we're talking about Will Smith movies. Yes. I did not see this movie, but apparently he and Margot Robbie have already worked together. Yes. Focus. in Yes. Mo- Focus. Focus. Yeah. Saw it. It was good. It's good. Yes. Okay, so that's worth checking mm-hmm. out. But here she is now as Harley Quinn. Okay. Now, again, this is the person I was telling you, this is the only character anybody really cared about coming into this. If they're a comic book fan or even mm-hmm. if you ever watch Batman the animated series I love they
2: paid homage to her old costume oh, absolutely
1: yeah. did the full harley quinn outfit mm-hmm. and that was even an homage to a comic book cover yes uh, of a harley quinn comic that happened and i just thought that was so cool that they they really hit everything the puddin you know like mm-hmm. they just mr j like like they really allowed her to hit everything she had kind of the the east coast accent that she played with which again gotham officially new jersey i think that is hilarious yeah. Yeah. Like that is that is great. <laughs> I never imagined New Jersey being worse than New York cuz that's technically how this would be in, in that case, you know, if you... Well, that's
0: everybody's point of view. Yeah. I mean, Jersey's worse than uh, well, Metropolis. I am biased. My
1: family's from Jersey. I love it over there. <laughs> but anyway, I got jokes I can tell you. <laughs> but but um the other part of this, I, I found a little fun fact. I didn't realize how young Margot Robbie is. Yeah, she's like 24, 25. Yeah, she she was, Harley Quinn was invented in 92 for Batman the Animated Series. She wasn't born until two years later. Yeah. So she wasn't even around with that character. Now, again, Superman, nobody was, you know, the characters who played him were, right. or actors who played him weren't around. But still, like, that, that's a weird concept for me. Such a new character and the actress didn't have anything, to probably had no knowledge of who Harley Quinn was, you know, going in. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a different different mindset for me. I'm like, really okay. But uh, what did you guys think about her performance overall? Did you enjoy it?
0: Yeah, I mean, yes. it was enjoyable. She is the definitive Harley Quinn now. I mean, anyone having to step into those suits,
1: yeah, it's gonna be tough. <laughs> and what a suit! No, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I mean, like watching the trailers and everything, I was just like. This is going to be an enjoyable two hours. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to have a problem with it. But I just, I think it's so interesting, too. She she obviously gets to play Harley Quinn as, you know, Dr. Harleen Quinzel, the psychiatrist, briefly in Flashback, where she was a normal person trying to treat the Joker in, in Arkham Asylum, or where was he at at that point? I don't know. I,
0: I'm betting it was Arkham. Probably Arkham, Arkham. yeah.
1: But the 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 one thing I didn't understand, maybe you guys can explain this to me in the flashback. This is part. This is a flashback that was in the trailer, basically, where the Joker has got his shock treatment. You know, uh, whatever you're gonna call him. His... I had no
0: idea he was talking to her.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, th- I thought he was just torturing somebody. Well, I had somebody. I
0: had some indication, depending on the trailer that yeah. how it was cut. Mm-hmm. Some of it kind of seemed like it was going to be Harley in the chair, but. And yeah, that's
1: it never I, crossed
2: my
0: mind.
1: That's what was strange say. to me is they show her falling in love with him through their sessions. So she, she, he, you know, the Joker again. He's kind of a, a psychotic Don Juan in this case. He just he hypnotizes her. He gets her in in his clutches. But when he his gang comes and breaks him out, he straps her down. And is gonna zap her and basically make her insane. But I, and she's like, "What are you gonna do? Are you gonna kill me?" And like, it was strange to me because I thought she's supposed to be like under his spell. "Quote," you know, like I, I didn't understand why now she's defiant when he's gonna torture her. She'd only somebody. been
2: ninety percent. She hadn't gone the whole hundred.
1: Years. Right. So. The electrodes okay. were supposed to be that last little dose
0: to make like, essentially her his forever. Breaking her mm-hmm. is essentially what he was trying to do.
1: Okay. So and, and then we see like their whole life together is the king and queen, right? And then mm-hmm. there got the Joker's got his, his nightclub that everybody comes to and he sets people up to die by sicking Harley on him and they reject whoever well, this drug dealer was Well, it wasn't is, essentially
0: whatever. that. It was he disgraced his girl, so he was going to take retaliation really.
1: Okay, yeah. So It was it was to language. prove his his
0: passion for her. Yeah. You don't disrespect the queen. Yeah. That's essentially what it was.
1: Now, what I found it the the other thing I found interesting about Harley is throughout this film like in the flashback when Batman catches Joker and Harley and makes him go into the harbor And he goes in to save her. You know, Joker ditches her, by the way. So let's just yeah, he disappeared real quick. (laughs) But she's like hanging out of the windshield. Do you think she's dead? And then she like gets up with a knife and tries to. And Batman Batman wastes no time, just one punch. I remember
2: that got a huge audience reaction. Oh yeah, yeah. just like oh.
1: (laughs) And then later, uh, you know, we think that she's been shot. You know, forces Deadshot to shoot her. And she plays dead again, and then she's just back and she's like doing her thing. So it seems to be her deal. But what I was trying to figure out is what do you guys feel about her being on the team? Because she's a psycho, Mm -hmm. but and she's dangerous to like a normal person. Yeah. She has no superpowers and she's not super strong. So why did they? That is a huge
2: reticence I had leading up to this movie. I'm like, how are they going to explain having her technically, even though she's crazy, even she's a normal human being? Why would she be on this special elite squad? And they kind of won me over when those police go, went to her sale and she used all her acrobatics to just take them on like yeah. crazy. Yeah, the
0: former gymnast, yeah. I mean, you can stretch it enough yeah. to yeah. be... She can do things a normal person can't.
1: Yeah, and she's also a seductress, absolutely. Like, yes. she uses that that crazy, you know, you don't know what's well, going on, where she's really coming even from. even
0: there in the end, with Enchantress, she plays the mind game.
1: Yeah. And even throughout...
0: You're also you see a lot of the crazy psycho Mm -hmm. Harley Quinn, but there are brief moments like she pulls the gun and holds it on dead shot. And even he's like, I don't know what's going to happen here. And he's the marksman. Yeah. And then she drops a line, a textbook psychopath. Psychopath. And then it's like, oh yeah, she's a psychiatrist. Right. So I mean, there's there's little nuggets of knowledge and yeah. manipulation that's in there, which is where she would come in handy.
1: And ultimately she becomes kind of a co-leader of the team. It's definitely Deadshot and Harley are the ones that keeping everybody going. And like there's a point yeah, at which definitely. they all rebel, they go to a bar together, they're talking, and then they get called back to action, and Harley's like, I'll go. And like she just tells the rest of them, what else are you gonna do? Stay here? Like right. you know, you got something better to do? You know, so it's just like it just like using being logical, being voice of reason, right? So but yeah, and I think we'll we'll come back to her. I mean, do we wanna cover the Joker right now? Or do we want to save him for the end? Because I think that's kind of a Oh no, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So Jared Leto as the Joker, where did you guys fall on his uh, performance?
2: Considering how high he was on the building, I was surprised how little of him we got, I gotta say. But how he-
1: impactful was he in his in his few moments? Uh. Wow. How did you feel? Uh-oh. Hey. No, no.
0: no
2: hear, hear, hear me out. Hear me out. He definitely drove home. I'm the crazy clown prince of crime. He he pulled that off in spades. He definitely had me feeling chills I haven't felt in a long time about the character. Mm-hmm. What bothered me was, and this what you mentioned before on Reddit, really confirms my worries about this. One of the things I always loved about the Joker-Harley relationship is it's not a loving relationship. It's very abusive. It you know? is. He, and he doesn't love her.
0: He covets her. And that's the that's pe- what was cut. A lot of it. Yes. Yes. Okay.
2: They made their relationship way more loving in the film than it was originally. It was oh. way more abusive previously. Uh, that scene where there's there, he rescues her in the helicopter. They're supposed to get into a big fight and he throws her out of the helicopter that's why to kill her. Yeah. Wow.
0: But they recut it so that the <laughs> helicopter gets shot first and he pushes her out almost to save her
1: very interesting like
0: so the scene that i was talking about where harley normally has the gun pulled on his head Mm -hmm. out in the street this is like before the batman chase or something Mm -hmm. the the lamborghini is involved yeah and he talks her into putting the gun down very interesting and once she puts the gun down he smacks her across the face. Yeah. So, I mean, it's So it's just it's a lot there. darker before, but yes. they got rid of it. Okay. And Jared Leto has said multiple times recently that over half his scenes were cut. Wow. And he keeps making reference, like, Heath Ledger. He's like, if I die, those scenes are coming out.
1: <laughs> well, and so speaking of Heath Ledger, so this was my initial impression from the trailers and everything else of the Joker. I was just like, look. He's basically got the same Heath Ledger voice. He's got the nasally kind of whatever. So I th- I felt that was fine because I loved. Well, he kind of had to. He's got a lot in his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> but but like he's just so menacing. Just like in in his look, which I think is just you know the the costume design overall is just amazing. And obviously in his performance, you can tell he's all in. I but I especially loved. I mean, again. We're saying there is a love story here, and it, it was a, a lot, you know, more dangerous before. Or, but I, I, love the whole scene where he wants her to become like him. We see in flashback, he takes her to a chemical plant, ace to, chemicals. Yeah, yes, ace chemicals to fall into a vat, uh, you know, being true to be like to her the source. But I love the conversation they have. Where he's like, "Would you die for me?" He's like, "No, no, too too adorable. Would you live?" for me you know like i i love that twist you know it's Mm. like and then you know obviously did did he push her did she jump she She does jump and then he jumps in after her they have this well no 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 hold on
0: he's walking away
1: and then decides yeah and and then he he realizes
0: oh i i need her so you and think he was in. trying to kill her? No, I think he's so messed up in the head. Mm-hmm. It's hard to. So he, he's probably agree. back and forth all the time. It yeah. struck me as so. very uh, come what may. Uh, right. Okay.
1: I, I, th- I see. I thought he was just trying to turn her into him. He wanted her to have the pasty white skin too. He wanted her to be affected and ex- have the same experiences so that they could truly be one. You know, truly be a. Uh, a unit. Okay, so, but now the other thing is too, obviously, like, if you've read anything from the director or the cast, like, Jared Leto got totally into this where he nonstop was the Joker. Yeah, he was filming. method acting yeah, this whole he never time. He was bringing
2: changed. dead pigs to the table
0: readings to throw oh, at the There was, was a head. lot of other stuff that we won't talk and, about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... So. Like, apparently, he was only on set for uh, a short amount of time, Hmm. and Cara Delevingne, who plays Enchantress, Uh the whole cast had a day off, except Jared Leto. She went to watch... Oh, wow. She's new. She's she's newer to acting. I think she's more on the model side of things. She, and She was the girl transition. in Paper Towns. Right. And she brought the whole cast down to the studio to watch Jared Leto record his parts. Wow. And the whole gang was there. And the director was like, this doesn't happen mm-hmm. with movies. Granted, his, he's a little off-putting, Jared Leto. <laughs> As Joker. I mean, it's very weird and
1: hypersexualized, Right. Which I think... Does a f- lot of growling. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the way you're sweet-talking me. Yeah. <laughs> Chit-chat's and, gonna get you hurt.
0: And I mean, granted, throughout the history of the Jokers that we've had, we've had... Uh,
1: Jack Nicholson. S- Jack Nicholson. Cesar Romero. Cesar
0: Romero. Heath Ledger. I mean, but the... Mark, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, yeah. Right. And the progression of the Joker has gotten darker and darker Mm -hmm. and more true to the comics. And Jared Leto kind of cherry-picked the best things from all of the previous Jokers that were live-action and took it to the next comic book level. Mm -hmm. Like,
1: this was killing joke level.
0: Right. Like,
1: sadistic. Yeah, but he's definitely the Fonzie of this film. He's he's the one that everybody walks out quoting. He's the one everybody walks out like excited about. Like he, I feel like hey. he makes the greatest impact throughout the film. Just the few moments, whenever he arrives, you're just you get excited. Well, he's yeah.
0: so iconic that yeah. it's like,
1: oh, he's here. Now, one person that what I felt like they were pushing in the trailers to be like. He was going to be the Fonzie. He was going to be like the rebellious guy. You're Captain gonna... Boomerang. Captain Boomerang, <laughs> played by Jai Courtney, who I thought I had no knowledge of who he was. I was oh like, no, oh, he's wait, been in a lot. He's in Terminator Genesis. He was in mm-hmm. the last Die Hard film. He was oh, in like boy. like he. he Both of to... those were not good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, and he's so forgettable, and that's why I, I had no knowledge of who he was. But that pink unicorn. Totally saves his career. I guess so. You. Yeah, I well, I thought it was like a throwaway thing though. He has it. Was, it he it drops was kind it once, of a he Deadpool type vibe, is
0: what they're going uh, with him. Yeah,
1: but, but he he never like they treated him like he was dangerous, like a psycho. Like he'll kill the guy that he hires to go on the job with him to rob a bank and whatever. Like, but I just didn't. He only he just felt like a rebellious teenager to me. He never seemed dangerous or threatening in any way, especially he was otherwise like, why is he on the team? Yeah. He has razor tip boomerangs. He has video camera boomerangs, but I'm just like, he just seemed very goofy to me. And I didn't, feel well, like he's, he he's one of anything. the
0: master thieves. So yeah. I mean, you you put but, him but on the he team. He never
1: used his skills. True, at all. like his, true. His whole, his whole thing is he's someone who's always trying to get away, trying to convince everybody, "Hey, we don't need that. We could get out of here." You know, it's but a you're inter-
0: that... you're introducing a flash
2: villain. Okay, <laughs> and I gotta say that was so sadistic when he. I, I believe the actor was Adam Beach. Yeah, Adam's yeah character's, character's name? Oh, Slipknot. 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 <laughs> he w- tricked him into basically being a guinea pig for how possible <laughs> is it to get away? And he tries <laughs> and gets.
0: His head blown to kingdom come. Well, yeah. but that was that was telegraphed yeah, so you hard.
1: You knew he had to die because he shows up. Very quickly, doesn't get a flashback story, nothing. Didn't
0: get a title it, screen. It uh, actually nothing. was gonna
2: be telegraphed even more because one of those Reddit things I read about was they oh, were yeah. gonna give him a backstory where he's a flat out rapist, he's a creep. Oh, yeah. so it's bad, bad, bad. One, so so the, the audience would actually punch. enjoy seeing him die. Yeah,
1: and, this one he punches a woman once. Well I says mean she had a mouth, whatever it, that means. They're
0: playing along <laughs> with uh, Assault on Arkham. It was the D C animated movie. Mm-hmm there is a token character that gets killed in that. Okay. So I mean, you have to have somebody that shows the stakes. Oh, yeah. These are real bombs in our heads. So, yeah,
1: watch out. Yeah, so but but yeah, so I just like the Captain Boomerang, character, Boomerang whatever mm-hmm. the uh, I just I just didn't enjoy him being on the team. I just I again, like I I know why he was there from comic a relief, perspective, but yeah. Like but really. I didn't find him funny. So that's what I'm saying. I was just like eh. and then at the end he gets put in a cell while the rest of them kind of s- seem to get, you know, some reward for what they did. What did he do at the end? Did he, he tried to kill her? Everybody else asked
0: for something, and he didn't. So, okay. I mean, he went back to his <laughs> normal accommodations. Yeah, they just
1: put yeah. him in a cell, and he's yelling, and he's like, all right. Well, like, I yelling. think he's kind of
0: crazy, okay. too. Yeah.
1: So, now, the the other person that kind of um, had an interesting... I. I I don't know. El Diablo is a character I did not know about. You know, Same year. Like, so, uh, but he came in and he's so interesting. He's the reluctant warrior, right? and that's
0: Jay Hernandez, correct? Yeah, Jay Hernandez.
1: Yeah. And so, like, I, I just looked at him. And I was just like, wow. Like, you know, he's got the skull tattoos on his face. He looks so dangerous, but he refuses to fight. You know, the pacifist. The pacifist. Mm-hmm. And and there's a reason. You know, he tells like, basically, I've done enough killing. Whatever. And, and that what's so interesting about that reason. Well, I'll go ahead and just say it. His
2: powers—he in a rage, accidentally used his powers to barbecue his whole family. Mm-hmm. And even though that type of Uncle Ben type guilt has been done so many times before,
1: they it worked did it, with they this did character it so organically in yeah. this film.
2: I didn't realize I was seeing a cliche because at
1: first you think they show—they keep showing him this video where he he burned a bunch of people in a prison yard, and so you think, <laughs> oh, he's. He's sad, he killed people there, he's probably a gang member, he killed a lot of people, and then he reveals that he killed his family, and you're like, ah, okay, I get it. But, like, there's a certain point at which Deadshot, you know, Will Smith is egging him on, like, you you haven't done anything for us. Well, he needs him. Yeah. That's why. And then like he does his whole you want to see what I got? You wanna see what I got? you know and he just burns like this whole you know corner of No hard of the feelings, building. right? Yeah. yeah, it's like I was just trying to get you there. You know <laughs> Phil Jackson, remember? Yeah, <laughs> the triangle. That was pretty fun. And, uh, Deadshot has all the great lines in this, like I said. Oh, but yeah, but I just as a mean lady. <laughs> but like for me, like he was so interesting. I, I felt like that the reveal of his family dying was a little forced, but his moment for me was at the end. The big showdown, there's the goddess's brother who's like this kind of big monster-looking guy. He kind of glows from within. And uh, so... Everybody's kind of failing against him. El and
0: Diablo's they, gotta take his final form. He's gotta do
1: his mm-hmm. moment. And he's a, he's a demon, div- he's like an Aztec fire demon <laughs> yeah. underneath him his skin. And I was like, what? It was like like, oh, like you know, some ancient ghostwriter, basically. Yeah. And that was so cool. So he's just like these two monsters. And in a way, I don't
0: think we've seen the last of him.
1: I yeah, maybe he'll be back. We'll see. Uh
2: big buzz I've been hearing lately is don't be surprised if El Diablo ends up being your favorite character. And I can't argue against that sentiment. So
1: he, yeah. he he was pretty fantastic. He had the most to work with, I felt like, in terms of like pathos and all this stuff that mm. he's gonna be dealing with. And then, you know, he's your your you know, your uh your secret weapon, right? He's the right. hiding. Um, but the other secret weapon that I thought was really interesting is Katana. And she comes in as a as a backup. For the Rick Flagg character, who we'll get to in a minute, who's like the guy, he's kind of like middle management. He's the one who's yeah. put in charge of keeping the team, you know, on task and everything. But he calls it Katana basically to be his bodyguard. Yes. So if they try to kill him, she'll mm-hmm. be there. And I, I absolutely, she is my favorite. Like just character design, costume. That mask is so cool. I love her jacket. Yes. I had like... a lot
0: of cosplayers show up at the screening. Really? As Katana. As Katana. Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Arrow did it. Did her really well, and they. They did really well with her here, too. Mm -hmm. Granted, this is her first acting gig. Uh Uh-huh. So a lot of her, like, putting the sword in the scabbard and taking it out is very forced. Very cliche. Uh Uh-huh. That was I, I, the only thing that took me out of her character.
1: Okay. Because I, I, I just felt like that was her. She's like, you know, a very formal warrior type thing, you know? So I just thought that's what it was supposed to be. But, like, the idea that... I feel like there's a whole solo movie for her somewhere. Like, she's got a yeah. sword that collects the souls of the person, you know, she kills. And her
0: husband was killed by it, so she talks to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, because then, his
0: soul is in it.
1: it. I mean, there's just there's a lot going on there and but but what I love about her in this movie is she really is just mysterious. She says mm-hmm. like one or two lines and that's it. You know, like and she's just there and she's just looking ominous and look you know, like she could take you out at any moment. So like I, I think like that the mystery of it is very fun to have her in there. And then the other person, you know, that's kind of there and has so feels like so little to do or so little explained about it, but what really more do you need to know? Killer Croc?
2: Killer Croc. <laughs> so different than what I've expected of him over the years mm-hmm. from the Arkham games, from the animated series. They gave him a little more soul, which I thought, as a general concept, I thought that would drag down the mm-hmm. potency of the character. It actually kind of worked for me. There, ah, there's, I'm beautiful. <laughs> well,
0: there's also a rumored backstory on that Okay. in in those deleted scenes mm-hmm he had it, it it explains that he had a gene- this genetic deformity from youth so he's always been an outsider and people call him ugly so he's literally trained himself to believe that he's beautiful and that's why when he pays that off at the bar scene that he says no i'm beautiful <laughs>
1: But, but we don't get the backstory. We don't in this. get the backstory. Yeah. So we don't know he's. It, it's literally still got just the there. laugh from the audience, right? Though. And yeah. but mm-hmm.
0: it's still a good punchline. Yeah. But, but there's no say, but heart behind it. That tells
1: you all about him. Eventually, you you see that's where he's coming from. Okay, yeah. even though you don't. The rest of the movie, he's literally just there, looking menacing and beating up people here and there. But the one thing I thought I didn't understand. Uh, and my niece had to explain it to me. Is at the end when they're going to place the bomb underwater, he goes with this diver. He's like, "I'm going with you." He basically has. He, this Bane he went moment, with GQ. Right? Yeah. Who it there were so many rumors.
0: Suck. That he was going to end up Dick Grayson.
1: Really? I I had no idea who that was, and then I just read out after. I was like, okay, Clint Eastwood's son. But I feel like I didn't see him. I mean, he was the second-in-command to Rick Flagg, right? He's just the other guy who's kind of leading the military. But he seemed so generic to me. I didn't think he was supposed to be anybody important. That rumor made a few Nightwing cosplayers show up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, and
0: and granted, he set off the bomb underneath. So we don't Mm -hmm. know if he died or not. Yeah. So maybe he's back. Maybe they'll eventually reveal that he is Dick Grayson. So it's another mystery that's just kind of left out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but see, like, could you guys tell what was going on in that scene? Because I was very confused. Because when they're underwater, the you know Killer Crocs with with the diver there, and then the then they all of a sudden there's a knife. Yeah. And I I thought that Killer Croc was attacking the other divers that were with them, but, but then I was told that, no, 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 the Enchantress sent down like two of yeah. her goons to fight them and they were holding Killer Croc back. And I was yeah. like, wait, I, I just didn't make sense. It was so murky, the water. I didn't know what was going on. Well, also, it scene. was very
0: dark. Yeah. It was a dark colored scene. So mm-hmm. you couldn't get a lot of details out of it.
1: Yeah. But, but going back, just before they go in, basically, uh, yeah, he gets his Bane moment where Bane's going, you, know, uh, you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, you know. And then this time he's like, "I, I, you know, I live underwater. You all just Taurus. you know." Yeah. Like that was his his whole thing. So I, you know, I just thought that was funny. It was a very similar idea. Very similar. Oh, of course, concept. Ghetto Croc. Yeah, but um, so. Yeah, but did, what did you guys think overall? Did you, did you like the look that they went so, like, mutated, like that he looked like an actual I was impressed that
2: instead of going full CG, they used a lot of practical effects to bring Killer
0: Croc to life. And yeah, yes. Heard from
1: that. Me. The head to the shoulders, that's all, you know, latex and whatever Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: he was sitting in four to four to six hours or eight hours But it's of really noticeable
1: makeup. in that scene when he takes off his shirt, because then you oh, see yeah. kind of this skinny, like, regular person body, but these huge shoulders and head. So I thought that was kind of odd. But, mm. but overall, like, he, he was... I he was, I was cool afraid character.
2: when I heard Killer Croc was going to be in the movie, they were going to try and make him look the way he did in Arkham, and there's no doing oh, that no. with an actor <laughs> in, in the Arkham games.
0: But yeah, it, they but, they yeah. chose to stay away from a full CGI character.
1: Now, let's get into Rick Flagg, Okay who is, like, touted as, like, the ultimate soldier, and that's why Amanda Waller basically blackmailed him into being a part of this leading the squad.
0: Well, she blackmailed him because she played played with his heart, essentially. Yeah, so
1: he, June she right. introduces him, essentially, to June Moon. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and he falls in love with the Dr. June Moon, who is the, you know, the other side of the Enchantress. And so, like, now he's all conflicted because, you know, he wants to be with her, but then the Enchantress has to be used to convince the United States government to go along with the Suicide Squad plan, yeah. the Task Force X. Just one of those plan. impressive things about Waller just shows how manipulative she is. she got it all figured mm-hmm. out, yeah. yeah. But like but Rick Flagg, uh, this actor, I'm I'm not a huge fan of his work. I, I saw him in the Robocop reboot, if you remember that. That was uh, that mm. was his you know, his main thing I really that he's done. Every time and, people
2: talk about Michael Keaton saying, Oh, he's so ethical, I'm like, Really? Did you see
1: Robocop? He's the new all right. one. <laughs> but no, but like he works for me when he's the like the the tough guy barking orders, but all the emotional stuff with him in this relationship yeah. does not work at all. And especially at the end when the team finds out the real reason basically like because he let the the enchantress was supposed to plant a bomb for him but instead she runs off and gets her brother and starts this whole thing off so they find out that he's the cause of it and and so all the suicide squad members quit and they go to a bar and, and he's all supposed to be heartbroken and feels bad that it was his fault i was like a you're not playing this well and b I don't understand why they're, well, yeah, it's his fault sort of, but no, this creature turned evil and whatever. And then he goes in after, uh, into the bar and he's just like telling them all, you know, I need your help. You know, like he just, like, because I got to be with my girl, basically, is what he said. Yeah. You know, forget about the mission. It's just about saving her. And it just is really bad. It was really bad. Like, that was probably the worst moment in the movie to me, where I was just like, I I don't appreciate this.
2: (laughs) I thought he was at least an adequate leader up until that point. Yeah,
1: exactly. Now, the one thing, a fun fact I found out is that the original actor cast for that part, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. So, but he he turned it down to go unconfirmed. Yeah,
2: he didn't want to deal with what he thought were going to be the problems with Will Smith that I mentioned earlier. Yes. I heard that. A so lot. that's
1: that's the real deal. Okay. So, but yeah, that but that's too bad because obviously he would have been amazing. You know, he right? Really played. And that I part. think
0: they just kind of went with somebody that they could get at if that it, point. This
2: wouldn't have been my first foray into the DC universe.
1: <laughs> and of course well, they, they would have tried comments.
0: to keep it in the family.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, now. One minor character who really stood out to me in all of this, uh, is, I'm going to say the character's name, but I don't know. Grimes? You, no, no. Oh. Dexter Tolliver. You're going to say, who was that? I don't know who that was. He was Amanda Waller's right-hand man. He has a very distinct face. He's just kind of a tough. From angry, Stranger really Things. Got, from Stranger Things. Yes. Mm-hmm. The whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, what do I know that guy from? What was he in? And I just couldn't think of it. And we I, we I, pointed I went,
0: that out while we were sitting there. I was like, that's the sheriff from Stranger
1: Things. I still, yeah. got, I
2: still got to catch up on Stranger Things. Oh, sorry, He's fantastic Excellent.
1: in that. That I came back and was finishing it up today, and I was like, "Oh, there, it was him." Okay. Yeah. So yeah, but he's great. Uh, he, he was a, again. He's hardly in the movie, but he just he's he makes a good impact. Just his his serious nature, like he, he stands out from the other guys in suits. I guess is what I would yes. say. Not that he has a major part to play in, in getting anything done. He just backs up Amanda Waller all the time. She's like, yeah, but she says, you know, like, she's got it all figured out. Don't worry about it. So um, if we're going to go around like best scenes then, because, you know, we kind of. Well, re-
0: are, are we going to cover Enchantress?
1: I guess we can. I mean,
0: I mean, she was the villain, but yeah. she did some heroic things, sort of.
1: Well,
2: for the guys in the audience, she did a nice little dance for him. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it was constantly... not a
2: nice. It was yeah.
1: weird. She was like swaying and gyrating all the time. Like she's just, in bo- she looks. I, like...
2: I'm just being facetious. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: but she she looks like a weird Katie Holmes to me. That's what I, the whole time I'm watching her, I'm just like, so she's evil, Katie Holmes? Okay, I see what's happening here. Yeah, yeah,
0: they had me up until with like the ring or any of that kind of look. Uh huh. But once they went to the the quote unquote final form, Mm -hmm. it just oh didn't work. It yeah. was just a CGI fest, the whole thing, and yeah. just
1: not... She had her big headdress on and whatever. A friend who was with me at the press
2: screening, he said he just, he gets so tired of the films, what well, you mentioned, CGI fest, and he gets tired of the whole plot being hinged around somebody wanting to end the world, and you have a big showdown where they have a big beacon reaching up into the sky.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is, that beacon, like she says earlier in the movie, we're going to build a machine that will kill And them she all. took forever to do well, so. But, but it also does nothing. Exactly. She, she doesn't use that machine. She never gets a chance. Yeah, which is crazy. It's, like you never see it destroyed. It was anything. basically a low rent bat signal. Yeah <laughs> get it yeah get everybody there. And it was definitely a, a, a guy I follow at at the sexy armpit on, mm-hmm. uh, on, uh, on Twitter. Jay, how you doing, buddy? Uh, no, but uh, he, he made a good point point. it was something I was thinking throughout. Everything with the enchantress when she builds her little temple area, all of that, very, very ghostbusters. It's very zool. And it's yeah, so you're just like Whoa, yeah. What is this? And the ending the when sky. you
2: remember when it really looked like Dana was
1: barbecued dog hair, yeah. and then suddenly it breaks open and she's okay. Yeah.
2: Same thing <laughs> with Enchantress. I was just like, really, you're
1: uh, gonna go to that well? Yeah, it was crazy. I was just like, wow, there's like a lot of Ghostbusters in this ending. But the the speaking of which, though, the one part I did like the Enchantress because she was creepy, like you said, the whole hair of the face, all dirty, the and dark, and whatever the head yeah. twist. But like, um. I loved the fight scene at the end, that they actually did have a physical showdown with her. Oh, yes. Where every member of the squad is
0: battling it out with her. Which also seemed like a cop-out, because then she's like, all right, enough. Yeah. And then took all their weapons away. (laughs) And it's like, you you didn't, you've been around these people. You didn't think
1: they could do anything, really? I mean, just, I don't know if it was like to tire them out. Like, what what was her thought process in that? Have, but
0: chewing scenery is yeah. exactly what that fight scene was.
1: <laughs> but but it was fun. It was fun to watch. So I so I enjoyed. It. Oh yeah. But um, and and I'll say that as goofy as it is, I got a just a giddy thrill every time she said. Enchantress. Like it just the I love a code word transformation. So to me that's just exciting. Damn! Exactly. Captain Marvel, whatever. You just mission say, report, December
2: 16th of Homecoming.
1: <laughs> not that that's different. Rusted. I'm talking about actual transformation, not activation. <laughs> but um but yeah, like what but if you guys were like to pick a favorite scene, what do you think was like the most entertaining moment for you or coolest moment or the moment that really worked.
0: Uh probably Will Smith in the prison with the shooting targets. Okay, that that whole scene was just. I have to
1: agree with you there. That good. was mine too. Uh, his whole negotiation, you know. What he's oh about, yes. You gonna send my daughter to Harvard, Yale, one of those Ivy League. Yeah, Ivy League. And and uh, if her grades
0: can't cut it, you need to
1: wipe people that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, you do. Yeah. Uh, it was so funny. you uh, uh, still great. waiting on that
2: privilege. <laughs> yeah. I'm just messing with you. Um, man, you guys stole all the best ones. Uh, there's another one. But we I, only talked about one. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> But there's another one that's kind of poignant in that final battle mm-hmm. when basically Enchantress um, tempts them with, I'm going to build a new world where you guys will no longer be the bad guys. Don't you want to be a part of it? And I'm just like, wow, that really is tempting and that really is poignant the way she phrased it. And, you know, they don't exactly turn good again, but they still say they kind of like this world the way it is. Yeah. Which could... <laughs> It could be good or bad, depending on how you look at it. Very nuanced, their reasoning for deciding to save the world. And I I felt that, you know,
1: that was a cool little shot of philosophical adrenaline, I thought. Yeah, definitely. Did you guys feel like, I mean, obviously they're the heroes of this film. Uh, Did you feel they were redeemed from any, you know, evil, bad choices, uh, you know, throughout their lives prior to this moment? Or is it just still kind of gray area morality?
0: Logically, no. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've still got t- many more years and many more ways to pay for the Which one crimes. got 10
2: years off their three life sentences? I think it was <laughs> all of them. Oh, that so, was funny. And, yeah. I, and I was like, you know, that really is appropriate considering their background. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like, you know... Ultimately, we want to see them go out and, and you know save the world again. There's, or there's a lot happen, of clamor but...
0: for a Justice League versus Suicide Squad oh, movie. Oh, wow. So which <laughs> I don't really see wasn't... ending well for the Suicide Squad. Uh, if it's a death match, they won't stand Guillermo a chance. Guillermo
2: del Toro wants to
0: do a Justice League Dark. Well, that's been in the works for a while. Yeah. Well, and... And, and What
1: I read is that the Enchantress mm-hmm. character is kind of a lead-in. To the yeah, It to opens the...
0: up the magical and the mystical right. in the mm-hmm. DC universe, much like Doctor Strange is going to.
1: Speaking of which, that trailer played in IMAX 3D before oh. this, and it was awesome. Like Brilliant
0: decision by Disney to play that beforehand.
1: Yeah, that really, yes. really works for me. I'm, I'm getting very excited about that movie now. Before, I was like, oh, this will be interesting. And now I'm like, ooh, this is going to change things. Bob
0: Iger, we sing
1: your voices. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's Kevin Feige.
1: Oh. So, uh, no, he's, he's, making, yeah, yeah. he's calling the shots and making the decisions other thing Bob
0: are, b- just giving him a thumbs up a, yeah. in regards to Justice League Dark that's now going to be an animated movie oh really yes oh. they decided to go animated route on it
1: that's too bad I to maybe see they're just testing thing. the waters There's to a, see
0: how people respond right they, they kind of decided Swamp Thing was going to be a difficult thing in live action, ha,
1: come on! Haven't you seen *Return of Swamp If Alan thing? Moore worked now, on
0: you, you're now, gonna be hard to pull off. There's there's actually a screen test out on online that you can find. It's like a seven eight second clip of somebody doing a a swamp thing screen test Uh with him walking and like the flies coming off of him and not a costume, just all CGI. And it works. Oh it looks good.
2: So if they eventually want to see if they can get get the same reaction the Deadpool test got. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) There you go. It's time for another Swamp thing. We'll just throw that out there. I think that is that is something we want to something the first movie's terrible. The second movie is goofy fun. I love the Return of Swamp Thing. Um, and the TV show... Uh, Regrettably,
2: uh, I haven't seen any media on Swamp Thing. Start, I don't, I've start with Return of Swamp Thing. Okay. Or Cause cause don't
1: the and awesome. wait for a future one. <laughs> but the one thing I wanted to mention about this that I noticed also is this is a PG-13 film. It is... Um, it's definitely not for younger kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely got an edginess to it, right? That I don't the edginess think
0: wanna... and the and the fear factor yeah. and some of that stuff. I mean, you if you keep thought, the kids out, yeah, I Batman
1: mean... v Superman was also pretty intense for younger kids. So it's, but, mm-hmm. but this has a different type of, you know, edginess to it that language and things like that. But what I found interesting is, you know, PG 13, you can get like one F bomb, you can get a couple other expletives out. This is the first movie where I felt like they used it in the soundtrack because I noticed yeah, that the expletives were in the song. It was like oh. it was
0: very blatant in the soundtrack. Yeah,
1: like it just jumps out. You're like, okay, I see what's going on here. Speaking of which, the soundtrack is awesome. Like I, I really enjoyed like their use of music in this don't uh, all tell throughout. me what to do <laughs> i'm yeah. just a sucker for pain like it's that's a good tune like I, I really enjoyed that i just stayed through the credits i was like bobbing my head like guardians of the it. galaxy it's like the soundtrack
2: is a character in the film yeah
1: yes but i felt like this it worked better in this than it did in guardians mm-hmm. guardians felt like it called so much attention yes. to the music but it was a it was a star lord's character it was his tape right. it made sense mm-hmm. but at this one i felt it felt just more organic and it enhanced each scene that mm-hmm. the music was used in so I, I i liked it a little bit more but I, I was just like you know great great job you know good good choices uh, that they made there um now let's let's now that we're here because we actually didn't really get to it let's just talk a little bit more about the dc world building then because like how do you feel like this compared to batman v superman and giving us a, a larger universe Ah, uh, this one's better. Yeah, not, theatrical not cut. Sloppy. Yes. Yeah. Ultimate cut.
0: Yes. Still
1: okay. So, because that I the one thing I thought was very cool of this is again it was just so off to the side, but basically they mentioned okay, Superman's dead. Like they show a quick click you know, a shot of a funeral and okay, Superman's dead now, and they're talking about what do we do now? What's the next step? The next Superman might not be one of us type of thing. He might not yes. have been raised mm-hmm. with our values. So we have to have a, Holding contingency up a shirt saying plan. remember. Yeah, exactly. So all that was very cool. Um, and then uh, we have obviously the flash cameo. Again, if Which remember... was
0: directed by Zack Snyder.
1: Oh, okay. See, because that's... they had
0: to film that in London while he was on set of Justice League. Interesting. And then just splice them together. Now,
1: I, very I, nice. I was in the. If you remember our last sequel chat for Batman v Superman, I was very anti-Flash, and every extra little bit I get of him now. I'm more and more excited You're more about on that yeah. character. Like he seems so cool. This comic con trailer like work it.
0: Yes, the yeah. comic con oh, sizzle reel that they put yeah. out uh-huh. yeah, was excellent. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I, th- I think that's really going to work uh, for me when, when the time comes for that flash movie. And, and I've had, had a lot of
0: people talk about the mid credit scene where Bruce Wayne is having a clandestine dinner with Amanda Waller. Okay. And they're uh, essentially negotiating. Yeah. And he's saying, that I want I to make friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, I, I need protection mm-hmm. because there's a lot of stuff going down because in the movie, she, her brain is essentially yeah. used by Enchantress yeah. to destroy some of our most secret military operations yeah. and, and things. So her head is on the table at this point, and it's only a matter of time. And Bruce says, we will protect you.
1: At, it felt really forced to me that scene. Like we got to put this in there, but I was just like, it just felt like too much. Like, like do we really need to see this? Considering
2: again? that it was a scene that was driven only by dialogue, no costumes, no special effects, yeah. it really worked. Really, I, I okay. felt a big well, punch it's, from
0: it. It's very much like marvel's robert downey jr cameo with thunderbolt ross Ross, and we're putting together a team
1: but that Mm -hmm. that's why i didn't like it because i was like we've seen it before and it's just it feels obligatory it feels like you got to put this in here because it's we're building justice league i'm sick of justice league already that's what happened to me i've seen the justice league trailer and what it is is i've decided i loved ben affleck's batman i still do yes i do not like his bruce wayne i liked his batman v superman bruce wayne because it showed how tortured and psycho he is which Bruce Wayne obviously has to be to be Batman but now in the Justice League trailer and in his cameos here Bruce Wayne is too jokey he's too like <laughs> me and Wonder Woman we're the we're the buddies and we're gonna put this team together and, oh yeah he said he said no like just all that stupid stuff like to me it's getting too light now like he's not taking his role seriously anymore. well it's
0: just going the opposite extreme from what you yeah, did like
1: exactly and so like to me like seeing him in that scene. I just felt like he had a smirk on his face the whole time. and Well, I he, also, it.
0: He, he also had a frown and a kind of shocked look when Waller says, you look tired. You need to quit working nights. Yeah. And that's when he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Kind <laughs> yeah. of thing.
2: But I want to make sure I understand the last little dialogue exchange they had where you know he tells her, shut it down or
0: my friends will. He's talking about the squad, right? Uh, he, he doesn't say or. Okay. We like to think so, and oh. it kind of plays out in our heads. He says, shut it down in talking about Task Force X. Okay. Shut it down. My friends will do it. Because she's keeping Task Force X around as a deterrent to metahumans, extraterrestrials, Mm -hmm. anything like that. He's essentially proposing him and his friends, the Justice League, to do what she is trying to use these villains for. There's a lot of layers to what he says when you take it directly like word for word and the the world they're trying to build i thought he was threatening her saying you shut it down or else i'll shut it down for you he's
1: pulling a superman for batman Superman, (laughs) and that's what we
0: kind of what we want our batman to be yeah is shut it down or we'll do it yeah but at the same time he doesn't want to come off as pushy to the Mm -hmm. government he wants to work hand in hand like both of their goals are to protect earth i mean that's
1: that's kind of where that's at I guess on one hand, I'm excited about Justice League to see you know some of the other characters. Flash, Wonder Woman looks good. Aquaman, I uh, still don't think so. That Wonder but Woman trailer won Comic Con. Yeah, it was great. I love her her musical sting. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know Did Hans Zimmer make that piece? No. Oh, who
0: made oh, it? Really? That's Junkie XL. Yeah, <laughs> nice. they brought in a DJ. Very to do it. tribal.
1: Yeah, yes, it's, it's great. Like, so you just know it, to me. It's very Xena, right? Xena had her little her little moments, too. But uh, in the end on Suicide Squad, I think the thing I love the most about it is that it is not a Zack Snyder DC Universe film. And I hope they do more of that. Please, do, please let him produce. Some, they are phasing him out. But good, because a Wonder Woman trailer, it does look cool. But at the same time I see so much Zack Snyder in that. When she's doing her her uh I think it's from Bayonetta, the video game, like she does this like sliding sword slashing move. It's yeah. like it's just like uh, come on, you know, like too much video game influence, Zack Snyder, and he only knows. He's how... not the director on that. He isn't. No, oh, yeah, really? they. they uh, he, he directed. That they made scene, sure tell you. for <laughs> Wonder Woman.
2: They made sure to get uh, a female director. Oh, that's
1: good. Okay. I feel so ashamed. I don't. Uh, I thought he was Patty. directly involved in that. Patty Jenkins. Okay. Jenkins, I okay. believe. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's. A I'm release. less ashamed now. He
0: is an EP on it,
1: but he's doing Justice League. Yes. Okay
0: he's an ep solely for the fact that it was his character wonder woman who was he essentially laid out
1: right in batman her, v superman okay
0: her personality in mm-hmm. batman v superman much like that's why ben affleck is an ep on justice league now because he's writing the batman movie which mm-hmm. is going to be set before batman v superman okay. so wow. well we all hope that's kind of the rumor but So he would have developmental say in that. Yeah. So it's not Zack Snyder doing it. It's Ben Affleck also having input and saying, no, Batman would not do that this way. Cool.
1: Yeah. Kind of thing. So he's invested. So... What is our final decision, then, on Suicide Squad? Are you recommending that people go see it? It's so, I mean, we've already seen the drop-off, but do you think we could influence people to come back next weekend?
0: If you're listening, yes, go see mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. Go in with an open mind. You've been disappointed before. Just go in with low expectations.
1: Mm-hmm. This will blow you away. Yeah, that, that that's honestly how I feel. I went in just fresh and just saying whatever. And then I, I was totally surprised and excited by the whole experience from, again, from the, the characters to the action, to the music, to everything. It just, it was a fun time at the movies that I feel like I haven't had in a long time. Like Civil War was very fun. And this one is also a lot of fun and gives you memorable moments that you'll walk away with. Oh, that was so cool. You know, so mm-hmm. Colton? Uh, six out of ten. Okay. But it's still positive. It's just uh, I could tell
2: less e- than
0: BVS. I thought I thought you were in the seven range yeah. for BVS. Here's the thing:
2: uh, I saw the Ultimate Edition of BVS, and I ended up liking it a lot more. I just did. agreed. Okay. Interesting. Um, okay. I actually cranked that up to a nine because of the Ultimate Edition. Oh wow. I, wow. I have seen the Ultimate Edition since it came out, maybe four or five times. I have enjoyed it. That
1: much. I'm going to have to check it out because I have not even bought the DVD. Like they, I just said, I'm not interested. They fill in so many
2: potholes and okay. it's just yeah. a richer, and even though it's three hours, it goes by faster than the two and a half hour. Because cut it's cut. not
0: so many abrupt changes. It's very okay. smooth. Some of that
2: choppiness in the original theatrical is story. Yes. I saw some of that choppiness in Suicide Squad and the Reddit thing you mentioned kind of mm. helped confirm that. Lots yeah. of things that I could just kind of tell had been chess pieces moved around. It really bothered me. Uh, and, and Joker recut- was supposed to be there for the final battle with Enchantress. Half of his face blown off from the helicopter crash. Yes. Wow. They, you know what I mean? They just. And even before the Reddit came out, I could just feel it and it bugged me a lot. And what I mentioned earlier about the issues I have with Harley and Joker's relationship, they changed it up to soften it for the PG-13. Yes. That bothered me even even before the Reddit thing came out. I could tell this isn't the real Joker-Harley relationship I wanted. That's the great Joker that I liked. Yes. I, I liked Joker's portrayal, but their relationship bothered me quite a bit. And some of the obligatory cliches about the finale bothered me a lot. You know, pillar in the sky and everything. So, But above all, the choppy story editing. However, that uh, vignette at the beginning, everybody's backstory, all the data about them being yeah. put oh, yeah. next to them, Love that. Very stylish. Very fun. Pink unicorns. <laughs> but after the vignette's over, and then once they start heading out on the mission, that's when I started to notice some of the choppy editing, and it bothered me a little there, bit. There but,
0: were mm-hmm. a lot of reshoots on this. But what so. you guys
2: mentioned about expectations. I went in there with expectations a little bit too high, and that's probably the reason why. Hmm. But yes, I did have fun. So, so you're sitting
0: at six. Yeah. All right. I'm sitting probably in the seven range with this. BVS, Ultimate Cut. I, I bumped it up to an eight also.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm at an eight for this because it actually – made. I, I said when I walked out of the theater, I want to go see that again. Like, Jeremy – I knew Jeremy was going the next night, and I almost called and said, hey, dude, I'm going to tag along. Yeah. But, you know, like, because it, it's something that I do want to own when it comes out. Like, I will watch this movie over and over again because it, it was just – there was that much to to take in from it. So so for me, it's definitely – you know, it's it's not the best – You know, superhero film or the best film of the summer, necessarily. But it really was so much fun, I can't deny that. You know, I would... And I did. I immediately got on social media. Everybody go see it. Check it out, Mm because it's fun.
0: Well, and that's the other thing is, I mean, if we don't support these movies, then we won't get any more of these movies. So, I mean, even with the failures, we still have to support them in order to encourage them to make better ones. To take
1: more chances, yeah. To try Mm -hmm. again, yeah.
0: And I... I agree. This is very much, this is the Guardians of the Galaxy of of the DC Universe. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the beats, they, they took beat for beat from there. I mean, the title screens for each character is much like when they're doing the prison role. And yeah. it's each character, and there's so much going on in the screen. I wish they would have held just a little longer on those. Because yeah, by the time it all jokes, came yeah. up, and there's light. And it's it's bright and you're trying to your eyes are adjusting to it Mm -hmm. because it's going from like the dark dinner scene to this like neon bright screen. And I know there's Easter eggs in there like I didn't catch all of the line about the pink unicorns. Um, Then there was also on Harley's screen. There was something something Robin in a bright color and then it's circled and crossed out. And I'm believing she's involved with wow. the death of Robin. Probably the Jason Todd theory. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I'm not saying the Joker Jason Todd theory. I'm saying um, yeah. Jason Todd David was Ayer the squash. Joker. Out rumor. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, great. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, so we could look forward to it, see it multiple times at theaters. Tell us what you think. You know, find
2: us. And I'm excited for yeah. Blu-ray because I heard David Ayer's confirmed. Of all the, I heard there's like 50 minutes of stuff that was squashed out. He can confirm at least 10 solid minutes are going to be put on the Blu-ray. Nice.
1: Okay. Cool. So uh, the other thing we'll just mention while we're while we're closing out here, the, if you enjoyed Will Smith in this, obviously one of the Will Smith films we did not mention from 2005, his romantic comedy, Hitch. That's right. The Date Doctor, Hitch.
2: You guys explored the sequel without me?
1: Well, so sorry, Colton. But <laughs> yes. It's one of my favorites, man. <laughs> the Sequel <laughs> Quest crew got together. We conceived a sequel to Hitch. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It really... Goes in some interesting directions with our casting choices and uh, kind of what we feel the next step is for that universe. So be sure to go over to the website sequelquestpod.com and listen to it, or find us on iTunes and every other uh, outlet for for your favorite podcast. Because that that's a real fun episode. You'll you'll enjoy it. We got more on the way, obviously. Uh, But, again, we'd love to hear your opinions on Suicide Squad. We actually have
0: a couple new reviews. Excellent. We've had two in the last, like, two weeks. Um,
1: This is something that you can, you know, five-star review on iTunes makes a big difference. Uh, Just for other people to find us, because we want to build the community so that you could be a part of something that is exciting. Don't just share your opinions with us at SQPod or SQLQuestPod at gmail.com. We want to hear about it, and we will read uh, what you tell us, but uh, we want you to be able to start interacting with other people in comment sections on a Facebook thread or whatever it's going to be. So let's hear what some people had to say about it. All right, show. this
0: is from uh, some of our new friends over at Those Movie Guys podcast, The Apathetic Merle. In a world full of film-based podcasts, this show manages to carve out its own little niche. Funny, informative, and enlightening, this show is a must for cinephiles, or cinemaphiles, is a must for cinemaphiles and casual viewers alike. Don't take my word for it, though. Check it out and be your own judge. How and about then it? I like how he pulled a little Var Burton there. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> Don't a little take bit. take my <laughs> word for it.
1: Reading <laughs> rainbow. All right.
0: Um, and also, Jordan. we got a another five star from Rod. Great entertainment. I listened to a lot of podcasts at work, heard about this one, and have been greatly enjoying it. And he recently listened to uh, our War of the Worlds episode.
1: Yeah, all right, Rod. You're a stud. Thank you for that. So there are a lot of great shows back in the archives if you haven't like, checked about yet. Yeah, if you're a comic book movie fan, we covered the the Nolan trilogy of Batman films. We said, what could have happened? Next, if Ben Affleck wasn't stepping into the role. Um, I mean there, there's so many fun things that are in the back of you know, classic 80s films. We got Indiana Jones, we got Beetlejuice, we got you know, a, you know, some more obscure ones even, you know, that are on uh, on their way, by the way. If you like cult films, we've got uh I mean I guess it's a cult film, but the postman, sorry, Kevin Costner would be out. That have, one's that one's coming up. Yeah, we've Xanadu. got Xanadu, we've
0: got Nace Ventura.
1: I'm still uh,
2: waiting for you guys to do weekend at Bernie's three.
0: <laughs> Yeah, All a good it's, time. It's been on the it's been on the table discussed. Uh yeah. we're, we're Spoiler alert, he's still dead. <laughs> yeah. We're we're well, I think the... <laughs> that's another movie. <laughs> uh, we're 26 episodes in now. Yeah. And I mean, we're safe for work. You can we're work friendly. Yeah, so definitely. find us on the website, click through there, find us on SoundCloud. Listen to us on your daily commute. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can find us. Fun fact, I listened to the Hitch Review on the way here. Hey, how ah. about that? Mm-hmm.
1: See, take it in as much as you can. By the way, speaking of which, something we've mentioned before, we just to get you uh, keeping an eye on our social media, but we are going to be uh, running a contest. If you want to be a guest host on Sequel Quest, so watch out for that uh, for that announcement, because we want you to be able to, to participate if you're so inclined. So we'll put it out there. You'll be able to shoot a pitch over to us. Let us know what your preferred film would be to be in on uh, it with us. And maybe we'll choose you and we'll Skype you in or whatever we got to do to make that Happen so, just a little fun way we could keep make you a part of the sequel quest. And it's an audio podcast, so all ugly people are welcome.
0: (laughs) Oh, we do have video now. Oh, really? We've done a couple
1: video shows. uh, uh, So find us on YouTube. (laughs) But you're all beautiful Should I rescind that offer? (laughs) Everybody's beautiful that listens to Sequel Quest. I'm Killer Croc and I'm
0: beautiful. So you can find us all across all the socials. Just search Sequel Quest one word or SQPod on Twitter. And we'll be talking to you soon. I mean, we've got more movie reviews coming up. I'm sure we'll be getting some combo review movies coming up. So just yak at you real soon.
1: We hope you enjoyed all the fun of today's show and invite you to check out our regularly scheduled podcast, Sequel Quest, where we imagine the next installments of your favorite movie franchises. Find Sequel Quest on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at SequelQuestPod.com
0: now.